Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I am thrilled to bring my great friend Nick Silvestri onto the podcast. Yes, Nick, the one and only from Snuffy, who sponsors the podcast. Nick is on the show to talk about Snuffy. We talk about art. We talk about life. We get into a lot of fun topics that go pretty deep, and I'm excited for you to hear it. Before we get started, I am happy to let you know that this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on Nostalgia Overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, if you are just joining the podcast for the first time because of Nick, because of the Empire, because you stumbled on this, we want to thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. We hope that this 45, 50 minutes, one hour, whatever it is, will ease your concerns for a moment and allow you to just relax and unplug from the world and listen into a fun conversation that will hopefully give you additional perspective as you head back out into your life. And if you do like it, feel free to like the show, subscribe, share it with your friends, rate and review, whatever you want to do. We really appreciate it. So now stick around. My conversation with Nick will be right up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw, and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long-form career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, or even artists that were featured on the TV show, The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family, Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, I am super happy. It's the one, the only, the only one. Nick Silvestri. Nick, how are you doing today? That is too much. <laughs> I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing so, so, so well. And I'm excited to have you on the show because we've talked about Snuffy 
so many times, and I feel like the listeners are already familiar with you and the wonderful work that you do, but you've not actually been on the show. And I, know, I figured I'm such a mysterious figure. Yes, in, in the man behind the curtain, behind the shadows, but yet mm-hmm. we talk about you every single show. So I figured, why not pull the curtain back, invite you on the show? And let's talk about Snuffy. And let's talk about you. Let's do all the great goodness that we can do. And I think people will love it. I'm super excited. Stellar. So Same. before we get started, I want to remind folks that here at the Detox Podcast, we invite you to detox from the world around you. Sit down 45, 50 minutes or take a walk if you want, whatever works for you. Just set your cares aside for a little bit. Listen to a fun conversation and hopefully it gives you a little bit uh, better perspective on whatever's going on in your life. So with that in mind, Nick, I want to ask you, right at the top of the show, what are you detoxing from? Um, ooh, okay, yeah. Detoxing from, what am I detoxing from? Great question. I mean, definitely, you know, we love to detox from our negativity. Mm-hmm. we love I feel like I should be detoxing from like my own negative thoughts right so I sit in the process of doing that I like it you know I think it's been really easy at times especially during quarantine and COVID and everything going on to have a lot of negativity a lot of negative thoughts a lot of self-reflection and sometimes we may not like what it is we see I know there's so many people that have made major life changes over the last year because of being at home being at home alone whatever the case may be and in some cases Um, I know like for me personally, I took it as an opportunity to reflect on what I did and did not like about what was going on and tried to make shifts to improve upon that. And I think it can be difficult to do that, especially when there's a global pandemic still going on. But I think it is helpful for us when we are able to do that, like you were talking about detoxing from some negativity, negative thoughts, then it allows us to be empowered, to be our full authentic selves. And that leads us into today's sponsor of the podcast, which is all about empowering you to be your authentic self. So Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. The owner and operator of Snuffy is my great friend, Nick Silvestri. He designed the wonderful Detox Podcast logos. So if you like it, you want to go support him, go check it out, snuffy.co. Do you like how I segued in there? That and, was fun. I love uh, that. Right, right? That's what it's you get so here. It's so nice hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> here at the Detox Podcast, we're all about authenticity and empowering you to be yourself. So now, Nick, I want, to, I want you to kind of take us through a little bit of a journey, story time, if you will. Walk us through the origins of Snuffy. What made you want to start a clothing brand company in the first place? And then what were some of those early days like for you? I would love to. Um, So, okay. I feel like the story starts kind of in like high school, which I know is like, okay, I'll like speed it up, but (laughs) it's okay. Like, okay. So um, in high school, I was like, you know, we love going through an identity crisis. So I was like, I'm going to go to art school. 
Um, I didn't end up going to art school, but I ended up um, applying to a bunch of art schools and um, creating a portfolio of work to like submit a portfolio with your application. And when I was doing that, I, I was art that I thought would be accepted for the school. Like when I was doing this for the school's admissions and not for me. Um, So literally it was like right after I submitted all of my applications, there was like a switch and I was like, oh, I, I can just start creating stuff now, like just for me. Sure. So I just kind of started doing it. I didn't even show anyone. I mean, I still barely show any of the work that I do. Um, I mean, you know, there's what's on the website. That's like 0.01% of all the work, <laughs> the art that I create. Oh, yeah. So I just started kind of creating art for myself. That's all great. Um, kind of on like a stealth artist, like all throughout college, I didn't really talk about it or tell anyone about it. Um, and then after I graduated, um, I randomly, there was one piece, which is called Cognitive Dissonance. And I did that, I did that in, um, let's see, probably 2014. Um, I like loved it immediately. I was like, wow, I love this one. This is like my favorite thing I've ever drawn. (laughs) Um, I put that on a shirt in 2016-ish, 2017, just for myself. Um, Just like one one version of it. And there was one time I wore it to like a concert and three separate strangers came up to me and told me that they, and I was like, oh my God, like, wow. First of all, that is like the most validating and wonderful feeling just because I'm like, wow, I made it, thank you. Um, But then I was also like, wheels started spinning like, oh, like people like this and would buy it and like it enough to stop a stranger and say, hey, I really like your shirt. Right. Um, So that was kind of like where the seed was kind of planted it. Um, but I actually took like two more years to to start it. But those were kind of like the early stages of of thinking about it and then forming it and then kind of when when I decided. Have you drawn so I wanna say I, I've known some folks who I've grown up with who fashion as an example was something that they always had kind of in the back of their mind. Some went to fashion design school, some didn't, but ended up in that business. Was the idea of fashion as a concept something that was ever prevalent in your mind prior to that moment? Um, no. I honestly, it's like, for me, I don't even really consider it fashion. Like, yes, okay, like I'm a clothing brand and I'm selling clothes, right. but... Um, for me, like the art that is on the clothes Mm. comes first. Sure. So, I mean, even today, I don't really, I feel like I'm selling my artwork. I'm not selling fashion. I like that. That's really cool. I think that's an interesting way to think about it because I think a lot of artists, when they're, when they're painting or drawing or designing, they are thinking about how to get it on prints or maybe sculptures, whatever medium that they're using. And your medium that you've got is clothing. And I think in a lot of respects, it's easier. Well, I'm, I'm making huge leaps, right? This is huge leaps out of Joe's mind. But my thought is it's easier to get folks to wear your art 
as opposed to not all of us have space in our houses for prints or sculptures. You know, I mean, it's very particular. I've got a Rothko print behind me. And I mean, I think it took me like six months to settle on this one in that spot. And whereas if it was a shirt, like I have a Rothko mug I bought in like five minutes. That's a different print. I was like, oh, this is great. I can carry it around. I can use it. I can drink out of it. It's fantastic. Same with mm. like if it was a shirt. So I think to your point, I think that's a win in that sense because folks then are drawn to it and want to display it and are more apt to purchase it is my thought. What has been, have you seen the reaction I mean, to Do you that? want to be my business partner? Because I like that <laughs> thought. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like, that never crossed my mind. Um, I mean, honestly, I still think about, I don't know. I feel like I look at Snuffy as like a work in progress always. I'm not mm -hmm. like, okay, I did it. And th this is how it is. And this is how it's always going to be. Like, right. I think about selling prints and I think about, you know, what that would look like in the future. Like, I'd, I kind of don't want it to just be that. So sure. that's why I haven't done it yet. So yeah, I don't know. I I actually don't. I mean, I've thought about that. Like, how did I really land here? Because yeah. I feel like if I was tasked today to like start this right now again, I don't know if I would do it the exact same way. Right. Um, but I don't have any like regrets or anything about sure. it. It's just, it just kind of, here it is. I like it. I like that it's, it feels like a constant work in progress because I think, if you look at so many successful businesses, that's how they remain successful is they constantly mm. were thinking about different iterations of their brand and what can we do for the consumer or the people that are engaging with our products now? How can we elevate that or provide a wider offering um, to your yeah. point, right? You know, I love that. I yeah. think that's, that's fantastic. I want to know how... So I'm, there may be a lot of people that are wondering, but why Snuffy, the name? What drew you to that? Oh. And what's um, its meaning? Great. Yeah, you know what's funny is that I don't, I haven't really shared that very publicly, I guess. It's kind of personal, which oh. is kind of funny because you think the name Snuffy isn't very personal. But um, so uh, my father passed away of prostate cancer in 2016. Um, and he had a doctor whose um, nickname was Dr. Snuffy. So we've always just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. He was a great um, person, the doctor. Obviously, right. my father was incredible. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of where the name came from. I had like a huge list in my phone, and that was one that I landed on. I like it. That's very cool. It's, it's, it, would it be safe to assume in that instance that it's it's almost like it's a way of of paying homage to your dad and all that he gave you through the company? Is that a is that a good assumption to make? Um, hundred percent. I feel like he would be in like every kind of part of my life. I don't know. It's like kind of weird, and I honestly I, I don't really talk about it a lot, but I um. I feel like I, I don't know if you've ever lost a parent or anyone close to you, but you think about it every day Yeah. and you kind of just think, um, would he like us? Like, would he, what would he think? Like, yeah. I don't know. So okay. it's just kind of, I feel like he's kind of in, in every part of it. I love that. When, when did he pass away? Uh, in July, 2016, 2016. That's right. That's right. Hmm. 
I well, I can having never met him, I would I, I think it's safe to assume that he'd be very proud of the fantastic company you've created and I bet he wouldn't be he would be excited to see what you are thinking of and planning on next because it's it's great. I love it. So I can only imagine being a being a parent myself, I think it's fantastic what you've done. So I can only hope that my kids get something uh, that they're passionate and excited about and are able to create and give back in the same way you have. It's making me tear up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to take a take a moment and talk about the fact that you know I say it every single episode, but the fact that you give 10% of your profit to LGBTQ yeah. plus organizations led by trans people of color. So um, famously, Sam Fader, director of the documentary Disclosure, was on, and he had asked uh, back last year when we did the read, which specific organizations do you support? Does it rotate? And how do you decide? And I redirected him back to Snuffy for more information, but I would love for you to walk us through what that process has been like for you and then also what drove you to want to give back to the community in that way. Um, totally. So that was like the actual easiest decision of creating this whole thing. Like, and I'm not even just saying that to sound like, I don't know, more philanthropic or whatever, but right. literally it, it was just like to do that. And I mean, I'm, it's well, so first of all, it was, of course, I'm going to donate some of my profits. Um, and then the daunting decision comes of what do you donate to? Because there's like, if you ever Google, like, where do I donate my money to? There's like 50 million things. <laughs> and if you choose one of them, then you're choosing not to do the other 49 million. So I landed on these five organizations. So, so uh, I ended up finding these through this website, which is great called Grapevine. Mm. Um, and I linked to it website um but grapevine kind of um compiles these organizations and groups them together if you if you're really interested in one cause they like curate this list of um, organizations under a cause that's awesome um, and they don't take a fee that's um, awesome so it's yeah it's really great so i was looking on there and they had one for um, LGBT organizations led by trans people of color. And I mean, you know, being queer myself, of course, that is something close to home. Right. Um, but I also recognize that like, I'm a white cisgendered male. And it's like, I, I feel like donating to queer causes is most often donating to ones led by other cisgendered males. Right. And I feel like those are getting a lot of attention. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. I just feel like uh, that's what's needed. That's where the money should be going. You bring up a good point in that I think for so long, it how do how do I want to frame this? I think the fight for equality. Let's let's take the just LGBTQ plus rights in in this conversation. The fight for equality took so long, just the idea of marriage equality, let alone benefits yeah. and everything else that goes along with that, just the act of marriage equality took until 2015. And so I think there was a singular focus for a while of, well, let's just get this thing passed. And now since we're six years beyond that, or almost six years beyond that, I think we're all recognizing we have some perspective and some clarity to recognize, hey, I think 
a lot of the spokespeople for some of these organizations were white cisgender men. Um, and it's starting to mirror in some situations the heteronormative society that's already been in place. So we, as a community, have a opportunity to elevate underrepresented voices even within the LGBTQ plus community and have the ability to be to demonstrate acts of allyship within the community so it doesn't 100%. take so long to get other voices I heard. I also feel like it's like you're saying like we have the ability to I feel like it's we have the responsibility to at Correct. this point. Yes. Um so I'm happy to do so and I feel I mean honestly it's like <laughs> I feel like I'm not even doing enough. I, I, I always have that thought. So I'm, um, I don't know, just to be open and honest with you, yeah. I just feel like I could be doing more, but. I think, you know, I think that's the first step is when we recognize that what, while we are doing stuff, it's not, it doesn't feel like enough. And I think if everybody did a little bit and we all tried to do a little bit more, then the world would be a much different place. So, yeah. And I also just, um, along with that and doing things in general. So like my kind of philosophy with Snuffy is like, and especially like what you see me post on TikTok <laughs> is, is I used to be really paralyzed by wanting to do things perfectly and I mm. wanted to do it like in this way. And if I didn't do it in that way, then I'm not going to do anything. Right. Or it's like, I give myself like a month to think about something and then it takes, and then I don't end up doing it because I, I don't know. Right. Like my new philosophy is just like, do the thing right now. Doesn't matter. Just put it out there. Um, and there you go. Quantity over quality, honestly. Like <laughs> pace over perfection, right? <laughs> sure. Exactly. Because if you're not doing it, then nothing's happening. Exactly. Like people always think, oh yeah, I want to start something. I'm gonna okay, do it. Like literally just like do something right now. Right. Like that's like and then it gets and then the ball gets rolling and then you're doing something and then you can look back and be like, Wow, I actually was doing something the last two years instead of thinking about doing exactly something. i heard so i used to listen to this podcast by this guy named shane powers he did this show called the shane show and well he still does it i just don't listen as often as i used to but he he had a piece of advice one day he said somebody was asking him about how he got into radio and and other something else and he said look i told myself that i would do at least one thing per day every day mm. and if i did just one thing for whatever I was doing, in this case, radio, he said, that's 365 things I've done all year. And he's like, obviously, I would do more some days than others. But as long as I did one thing, at the end of the year, I can look back and say, I did 365 things. I'm further along than I was at the start of the year, instead of just being paralyzed with fear of, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? He's like, I'm going to make mistakes. So I just got to do it. And to your yeah. point, you just, you will have done something instead of doing nothing for sure. Um, and I mean, I, I definitely am, um, embody that with the artwork that I'm creating. So like, I mean, what I've, what I said before, which is the stuff that's on Snuffy. I mean, there's probably like, I don't know, like less than 20 pieces. Yeah. It's like, I have dozens of full sketchbooks of like 
a bunch of shitty drawings. Can I swear? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have a bunch of drawings <laughs> and they're all bad. And that's like, great. Like, who cares? Yeah. It's a little scary now because like I, when I was drawing before, as I said, when I had, when I was drawing for um, college admissions, I was drawing with an audience, an intended audience. And yeah. I hated that. Yeah. And then I had like a good, like, I don't know, five years of creating just for myself. But then now when I'm creating, I am thinking, even though I don't want to, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, would this be, would this go on a shirt? Hmm. So it's like definitely a little hard. One thing that I feel like helps is when I take an edit, when I'm high, I feel like I just kind of forget about something. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't want to rely on that, but that kind of um, makes my mind wander. Right. That's fair. I want to know what has been probably, hmm, how do I want to ask this? I think what has been the most memorable either story you have with one of your shirts or a memorable or interesting interaction that you've had with somebody who's purchased one of your shirts. So either, either way, like an interesting story tied to one of your shirts. Um, I love hearing people's interpretations of the art that I have. And it usually surprises me because it's like usually different than mine, which isn't shocking because like, how could they know what's going on in my head? But right. um, there was this one time, uh, okay. Like I went on a date with this guy and he was <laughs> like, he's very nice. Um, yep. And he said that he really loved the piece that I talked about earlier, which is cognitive dissonance because of this um, traumatic thing that happened to him in his past. And he had always felt like he saw this piece he he just saw himself in it. Like he was just like, that's exactly what I'm feeling or was feeling. And that this just kind of reminds me of that time. Just like hearing that yeah. I'm like, wow, like I made something and you looked at it and then you felt away. Like, that's cool. I love that. Yeah. Just like in general. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Those are cool. I like, I love hearing. Um, honestly, it's like, I feel that is like the same to me as someone buying a shirt. It's like just telling me like a story about it is like the same to me as like you financially buying yeah. it. You know, support it's, wise. Yeah. You know, I, what I love about your shirts is I always feel reflective when I am gazing upon the work because. I'm going to make a weird comparison and I hope folks will, will go with me, but like I, <laughs> so I studied overseas in London for a semester and I took a art appreciation course cause it was a study abroad course and it was like a blow off credit, whatever. We got an excuse to go to all the art museums. So I love that. But what I really loved is we went to the modern art museum in London and there was a Francis Bacon exhibit and Francis Bacon was a really interesting person and his art was really interesting. And he had a lot of like um, layered art with characters and like weird positions and screaming or various like different layers in themselves. If you haven't, if you are not familiar with Francis Bacon, you're listening to it, you can go check it out. And it was interesting because it was very introspective and reflective, but I felt this pain 
towards it, like an emotional toil and learning about his life and how he actually was, um, I don't remember if he was closeted for all of his life or part of his life, but there was a lot of anguish um, because of when he was alive in Britain and what that was like um, to be a gay man when, when it was illegal and all of these different layers. And so you could feel that coming off the canvas. And what's interesting to me is um, I think there's like the, the way that I feel as far as like reflective and introspective when I looked at his art is how I feel when I look at your art. However, I constantly feel this serene peace every time I look upon it and it makes me feel introspective in a very positive way. So it's very similar and different at the same time. And what I love about art is that it evokes these emotions inside of us. And sometimes it is similar to how the artist feels and sometimes it's totally contrary and we're projecting onto the art. But either way, I absolutely love being able to gaze upon art and appreciate it. So that was my kind of like perspective and introspection. Um, every time that I look upon your stuff. And I love like, I loved when you like sent me a couple designs once and we're like, I'm thinking about like, which oh, yeah. ones do you like? <laughs> I was like, Ooh, I get to look at all these. And so it's, it's, it's fantastic. I, you're doing, you're doing great. Oh, that was great so work. kind. Thank you very <laughs> you're much. Welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like this kind of reminds me of a TikTok sound where it's like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But I feel like there are some people that don't, feel that way about any art that they look at no yep. matter what it is um right. I honestly feel like it's a lot of the people that are close to me in my life so mm. it's kind of like that was like a little weird to um yeah. kind of overcome because like the people close to me in my life would be looking at this and be like what is this I don't understand right um but then there'd be like other people that are like wow I totally get this and like this is amazing yes um not that I need to be told that it's amazing but that i i don't know that they resonate that it resonates yes. with them absolutely um, and i feel like like how you mentioned that i sent you some pictures of mm. um, some designs before i released my last collection which is regression um i um i it's so scary to me to do that but also scary to me to like if you were like over my house and like going through a sketchbook, like I've only done that with like a couple people mm -hmm. and it's like the worst feeling in the world. I'm just like sitting there while they're like turning the pages and I'm like, right. You don't have to say anything. I don't know. It's just like, it's just weird. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I got to say from the regression collection, probably my favorite one is ghost. And I think you're wearing it, right? I'm Are wearing you? ghost. Yes. Yeah. I love it. It reminds me like, I don't, Oh, I've, I I don't know how, I think when you sent it to me, I think this one, I think I marked this one as my favorite right away. And if I didn't, then mm -hmm. I came back and saw it, but I'm trying to recall the exact feeling. And I think it was this feeling of, for me, how do I put this like floating between spaces? I felt like when I looked upon it, my energy was like removed from where I was in the previous season of my life and was moving into the next phase, the next season of my life. But it was like a snapshot of like that wow. moment in between A and B or one and two. And, and they, I don't know, it just, it gave me goosebumps when I saw it. So I absolutely love it. So I, I highly recommend if Man, you're listening to it, cry. go pick it up. I mean, it's true. 
It's absolutely true, and I love it. So that's very nice. Ringing endorsement. Is, uh, this is one that I ghost is one where I had a name for it immediately when I finished it, which mm-hmm. usually doesn't happen. I feel like I um like I'll just like be drawing a bunch, turn the page, draw a bunch, turn the page, and like not really think much about it, and then I'll look back and then think, oh yeah, I like that one. Um, this one right after I did it, I was like, this is ghost. And like, I, I love this one. Yeah. And it was actually a, a couple of years ago. I think I did this. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's funny. I feel like you are so much more better at describing it than I am <laughs> because I feel like me drawing it is describing it. Like I'm not good yes. with words as you can tell. And right. I, I just don't. Like I just put the pen to the paper and right. then stuff happens. Like I really don't think about it. Sure. And I feel like that's like something, uh, a skill that I have that's grown a lot Yeah. is like, I allow myself to draw whatever comes to mind, even if it's like stupid and dumb, all art is stupid and dumb. Like doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, you know, just allowing myself to be uninhibited and, and do whatever my hand is doing on the paper is like, I feel like is a skill to harness and feel like I've been, um, I'm doing a good job at that. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And I absolutely love it. I would say before we end this part of the show, if there's somebody who is listening, who wants to kind of take that first step, into designing or drawing or whatever artistic venture that they're wanting to do. Is there a mantra that you have for yourself or a piece of advice that maybe we haven't I covered? I can't even believe that you're asking me this because I have the perfect answer. Yes. And the perfect answer. This is a mantra that I've been telling myself for the past like year and a half. And it is, let me word it correctly. Um, if you put anything on a pedestal, it becomes a trophy. And I feel like, especially in the art world, but it goes beyond the art world. It's like, if you say that it's good, then it's good. If it's Mm -hmm. worthwhile, if you say that it's worthwhile, then it's worthwhile. And then everyone else is going to agree. Like the only things that are valued are what everyone says is valuable. Like just make it, and call it that and it's done like you don't need anyone's permission like i feel like people think about is this real is it not real like oh i have a company and it's real it's like it's real anything that you do is real it's real it's out there like you have a website great it's real like you're doing it that's fantastic that's that's good advice too because i think i think more of us than we care to admit suffer from imposter syndrome all the time and, all the time. And so just do it. It's a company. It's art. It's a podcast. It's out an album. Yes. You know, like whatever. Like you're doing like it. Literally it's literally a hundred percent. A hundred percent just do it. And then you're like, I did that. Cool. Yes. And then like if you stop doing it, then you stop doing it. Okay, cool. Like everything's fine. Just yeah. have fun. Oh, I absolutely love that. Well, This has been perfect. We are going to move on to the next part of the show, which is things to check out. So it is a uh, segment where I provide 
one thing that I'm reading and one thing that I'm listening to, and I ask my guests to do the same. So I will go first. Who am I reading and who am I listening to? So who am I reading? I'm currently reading a book. It's called The Addiction Inoculation. It's by Jessica Leahy. She's going to be on the podcast in a couple weeks because her book debuts on April 6th, so that Tuesday, so you should definitely go check it out. It's great. Uh, I'll give you a little descriptor of it. It is a comprehensive resource parents and educators can use to prevent substance abuse in children based on research in child welfare, psychology, substance abuse, and developmental neuroscience. This essential guide provides evidence-based strategies and practical tools adults need to understand, support, educate resilient, addiction-resistant children. So it's about broad-based um, and uh, it perfectly goes in hand in hand with the idea of detoxing in that in the old old traditional sense. So it's really great. Jessica was on uh, last year or the year before to talk about the gift of failure, about teaching kids as educators, and how can we set our kids up for success in a new and different world. Totally great. So definitely go check it out. Who am I listening to? I am currently listening to a couple things. So. First, I'll give podcast recommendations since we're talking about business, and I know you're a fan of how I built this with Guy Raz. For those of you who are not, uh, what are you doing? Go check it out. Some re episodes that resonated the most with me um, that I went back and kind of re-listened to a little bit, um, Dave's Killer Bread, that episode is really interesting, his life story, and then also his current status not necessarily with the company. It's a very interesting journey. It's very powerful moving. Definitely go check it out. And then Dyson, the Dyson vacuum episode is interesting just from a pure innovative standpoint of taking something that people weren't really innovating and marketing and making it into the giant company it is today. So very interesting. Check it out. Also, uh, I know folks can't see. I will send up so Nick can see. I'm wearing my listen to folk, listen to punk, listen to hip hop, listen to women shirt in honor of Women's History Month. My good friend Jamie Harris, she was on my other podcast after the encore. She just released a new album, the Congress House Sessions EP. She's fantastic. Go check her out. She does Americana music. She's brilliant and wonderful. And that is who I'm reading, who I'm listening to. So Nick, who are you reading and who are you listening to? Um, that was amazing. Also, <laughs> my fave episode of How I Built This is Sarah Blakely with Spanx. I've listened oh, to that, that one like is so times. good. Oh, I do this thing where I, I listen to a lot of interviews. I re-listen to it like 600 times. Oh, maybe I'll talk about which ones. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's two... Three, okay, three things. So one, a book that I'm reading, which by the way, I literally never read, but I just bought this book. Um, it's called The 100 Boyfriends and it's by um, Brontez Purnell. Ooh. And it's like, um, it's a memoir of like this gay guy that hooks up with a bunch of people so I can relate. Um, <laughs> and would be, okay, so two things. So there's this guy called Named, um Malcolm Gladwell yes and oh my god I love him he's great and I am like devouring every YouTube video of him that exists currently and they're all so diverse of different subjects like he just knows everything about everything so he has a great TED talk start there and then venture out yes um there's another uh, interview that I've listened to a hundred times and it's an hour long and it's when Oprah Winfrey went to the Stanford school it's on YouTube and you should watch it slash listen it's a wonderful listen 
it just goes I love throughout it. her whole um, kind of career and oh. how she did the whole thing. That's awesome. Oprah's incredible. Absolutely of course. incredible. Of course. Right. I mean, I could just like, <laughs> I love watching Oprah. I mean, we could talk a whole hour about Oprah interviews oh. that I've watched. Not yes. ones that she conducts, although those are good too, but ones that she's being interviewed. I'm like, right. I could listen to for hours. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I would die if I got the opportunity to interview her. Life goals <laughs> I would be right terrified. there. <laughs> she is incredible. All right. Well, this has been things to check out. We're going to the final part of the show, which is the dad joke of the week. It's a segment where I hurl jokes at my unsuspecting guest in an attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans, but I can't hear the audience. I can only hear my guests, so it works out. But I do like to put my guest on the spot. Nick, do you have any jokes you want to offer up first? Um this is a joke that I have in my back pocket ever since my cousin told it to me when I was like seven. Um, and you've probably heard it. Um, there are two muffins sitting in an oven. One muffin says, wow, it's really hot in here. And then the other muffin says, oh my God, it's a talking muffin. <laughs> Thank you. It's so good. I love it. Nick, I want to tell you something strange happened to me today. I got hit in the head with a can of Diet Coke. Who threw that at you? I don't know, but don't worry. I'm okay. It was just a soft drink. Curious at first. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, I don't know if you know this, but Justice is a dish best served cold. If it was served warm, it would be just water. Just is just ice. Mm-hmm. Just water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. Last one. Why did the raisin go out with the prune? Something about being dry. Oh, because they couldn't find a date. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Not really. Nick, if people... No, they're supposed to be bad. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for groaning for the audience. So... <laughs> I'd say my best reaction, I got to say, the best reaction I've ever had was when Tracy, who's the host of the fantastic podcast called The Stacks, everybody should go listen to it. She was on, we were talking about books, we were talking about all kinds of great stuff. And I teed up the jokes and she said, oh, I don't even like stand-up comedians. Like, I do not like comedy at all. And I was like, great. And so I threw the jokes at her and she just deadpanned all of them. Like, yep, I know what the answer is. Okay, see them. Yep, see what you did there. And I'm like, this is great. Like, I feel like I got roasted. This is fantastic. <laughs> I and then she laughed when I said that. stand-up comedy, and we went to so many stand-up comedy shows. And I just, like, they're, like, so awkward. Like, I don't know. They're awkward, but, like, <laughs> they're funny. It's just a, it's yeah. a unique space to be in. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, Nick, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do that? Oh, my Follow, you can follow my Instagram at snuffyco, S-N-U-F-F-Y-C-O. Um, but if you have TikTok, like, and you're not following me on TikTok, like, I am shit posting on that every single day. You need this to, is true. You need <laughs> to follow me on TikTok because it's so stupid. And it, I love it. It's a grand escape from reality. This is true. And for those who are listening, I have a TikTok now as well. I am less active on it, but I am committing to be more active. And I am at the Joe Shaw. So very easy. The Joe Shaw. It was not taken. Cannot believe it. 
but yes. <laughs> uh, Nick, this has been an utter delight. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I cannot me. wait to have you back on again. Yes, absolutely. Anytime, more than welcome. We love Snuffy here. We stand, Nick. This is what we do here at the Detox Podcast. Well, listeners, you've been detoxing with Detox. Now, go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.